0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Show Game Podcast with me, Sean Colfer. Today we are going to be talking about University Ultimates. We had indoor nationals for the first time in quite a while this past weekend. And also a little bit about the World Games Trials which are going on in Edinburgh this weekend. So let's dive straight into University Frisbee. Let's start with Women's Division 1. Women's Division 1 was held at the Hertfordshire Sports Village. There was 19 teams because Edinburgh, unfortunately, had some COVID cases quite late on and had to drop out. So 19 teams made for a fairly strange schedule, I suppose, but not much that the organisers could do given the late dropout. In the end, it was two teams who met in the final that had both been pretty dominant in the tournament. Sheffield, who drew with St Andrews in the pool, a 5-5 draw. Slightly an odd result as St Andrews ended up coming last, although they did have three universe point losses so perhaps they were slightly better than that record indicates they just got a bit unlucky but Sheffield didn't have any other games that were particularly close they won 11-1 in the quarterfinal against Newcastle and 8-3 against Leeds in the semi-final so kind of really dominant wins in in the later stages of the tournament there. Uh, UCL on the other hand had a relatively close quarter against Surrey a 6-4 win for UCL but otherwise day two they seemed fairly comfortable Uh, those two teams featuring players from from top clubs uh, Helen Thompson who's smog captain this year uh, leading Sheffield against uh, Iceni teammate of her sister, Casey uh, Flight, and new Iceni edition Bailey Melvin Teng. Uh, but two really good, uh, really talented teams. Uh, close game uh, from the looks of things, but Sheffield took home the title and became national champions with an 8-5 win. Uh, so they were the not nationals champions last year in the mixed outdoor event that was held in lieu of having a university event. So clearly still looking good for the coming season. An 8-5 win, meaning they take home the gold medals. Uh, Congratulations to Sheffield, best university in the world, obviously, so so great news for all fans of University Ultimate. Uh, Elsewhere in the tournament, Bristol took home a bronze against Leeds, uh, and Birmingham recovered from a loss to Bristol in the quarters to come fifth ahead of Nottingham, um, with Surrey beating Newcastle uh, to get the final odd number in the top eight, although Newcastle can take some solace in the fact that they were the team that jumped the most seeds of anyone at this tournament uh, given they started 19th and, and ended up 8th. Although a bit wonky given, you know, we're still working off seedings from a couple of years ago and these teams, these squads, these clubs really are looking very, very different uh, to what they did before the pandemic. The final note to Exeter, uh, who's at the plate spot on the 9th, ahead of Loughborough in 10th, which uh, we'll be coming back to, so uh, remember that one. Uh, in Women's Division 2, Warwick real to... Come home with the silverware after beating York. Uh, York finished third in their pool uh, and yet were able to battle all the way through and come into the final. Warwick came in as seventh seed but won all their games this weekend. Uh, Only Bath, who finished third and and won all their other games by at least three, Uh, got to Universe Point against Warwick. uh, Really close game there. Uh, Bath, I'm sure, are going to feel pretty hard done by having had to play Warwick in the semi. Because it seems as though those two teams were you know, the strongest teams at the tournament. Bath beat York 9-5 in the pool. So they had the head-to-head advantage there, really. But then, I'm sure if Bath did feel in any way aggrieved, it probably helped that they went home with bronze medals around their necks. So congratulations to them. Uh, Swansea rounded out the top four. They lost to Bath in the final game there. Uh, the rest of the top eight was Cambridge, Dundee, Plymouth and Loughborough 2, uh, who finished eighth in Division 2. Showing that you know that they are in a good position for the coming years, and again we'll be coming back to that. So let's might as well move on to uh, men's division two. The women's division two tournament, I should say, was was held in Nottingham. Uh, men's division two was held in Ilford Redbridge Sports Centre. Cambridge ruined the party for Loughborough's other second team by beating them in the final on Universe Point. Cambridge played a lot of close games in this tournament, but pulled out the win in all of them. They won in Universe Point in their semi against Durham as well, so uh, quite a few universe point wins for them, but uh, well done to them. They take home the trophy in the Men's Division 2, just ahead of Loughborough's second team, so Loughborough's second team in both men's and women's performing pretty well. Cambridge came in as, uh, as 14th seed uh, in, in in that tournament, but were able to take over the win as well, so another interesting point there. Durham won 12-1 in the bronze Mill game, uh, which is a little strange. They beat Liverpool John Moores University, but uh, JMU have been pretty good up to that point. I suppose whether it's a, a close win or a huge margin, a win is a win, it still means that Durham get the bronze medals, but uh, a slightly odd result there. And then the rest of the top eight was uh, Warwick, uh, York, UEA and Bangor. So uh, good results for all of those teams finishing in the top eight of Division 2. Uh, the men's Division 1 tournament was also held in Nottingham, a different venue to the women's Division two so uh, in the men's division one uh, there was 20 teams just as there should have been in, in women's division one uh, scotland right nick Burr was playing for strathclyde at that tournament so let's hear what he had to say about how the tournament went so i'm joined now by nick one of our university writers who plays for strathclyde uh, He made the final this weekend nick uh, so how tell me how was the tournament what was the level like the first indoor nationals in a while
1: the level was surprisingly high. We didn't know what it was going to be like when going in because obviously with COVID, most players at the tournament hadn't played in the Nationals before and we had no idea what to expect from any of the English teams. Obviously, we were quite close. Within Scotland, we played regional centers. We knew what to expect from the Scottish teams, but all the English teams were surprised and the level was super high all weekend, which was good to see. Um, it's good to see the development still going through during COVID times.
0: What was it like playing those English teams was it a nice welcome change Was it did they bring anything you didn't expect any tactically different stuff than you see in Scotland
1: yeah you never seem to see a 1-4 stack in Scotland and then English teams seem to love playing it which is interesting and it's a, uh, a learning curve in and learn how to play defence against an offence don't really play regularly that was quite an interesting experience
0: the way you say 1-4 stack is interesting it seems like you don't really like a 1-4 stack
1: well, um, I don't know. I think I feel like it can it works quite well from my point of view. The one four stack indoors can work really well, but it takes a lot of practice. It's better in uh, the to play together you to teach people to have at university when you have people that are only together for a couple of years, which is why we never really play it up in Scotland.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's talk about the actual tournament itself. What, what was the what was the schedule like? It looks like it was a slightly strange schedule. What was it like to play?
1: It was an interesting schedule. I'm guessing it came down to the fact that we only had two pitches at the tournament I was at. Mm. Um, but we had... It was split... The first day was split into two groups in the morning and then two groups in the afternoon, which meant on the first we were half nine and we were finished by 1pm. And then the second day had all the lower brackets in the morning and all the higher brackets in the afternoon, which means we didn't start till half past one. Wow. So we technically had... 24 and a half hours between games.
0: That's such a long time. It's very it's very bizarre.
1: Yeah. Do Maybe we think... could go out and watch the rugby in the <laughs> good
0: fun. But... That's a good, good outcome.
1: Do you think yeah. that
0: like, played into the slightly weird results as well? Because, I mean, if you look at the if you quarter-finalists, the, the top eight, there's three teams that started out in the top ten. Other than that, there's the second seed and the third seed, which is Liverpool and Strathclyde, the two teams that contested the final, and Sheffield, who were in the top eight. They were the fourth seed going into the top eight. But other than that, everyone else started outside the top 10. Do you think that's schedule weirdness that kind of threw people off? Or do you think it's just a lot of parity across all the division?
1: I think it might partly be down to schedule. That came down to most was the big gap in a few years. Because obviously the seedings from regions come from where the teams in that region fit completely different teams to what we've got now. Sure because St Andrews were coming in seeded like 14th or something, because that's where the second top Scottish team finished national. Um, so we knew going into that they were completely underseeded, and we were like saying we feel sorry for the teams that are in their group because they're so seeded just because it's been two years since the last Nationals. So the seedings are kind of wacky in that sense.
0: But then you were able to come through your group unscathed, make it all the way to the final. What was the what was that run like? I mean, you played against the Leeds team that beat Sussex, was the number one team uh, in the quarter, I think, and then you had a kind of a surprise, surprise package in Southampton in semi. What was the what was the route like?
1: Yeah, our our group was a lot of experienced teams. I think at the half four games, I think every group game we sort of we were trading up until around four fives, mm-hmm. and then the sort of experience and game management that we've got in our team. We've got some like GB indoor players on team. Cut them down, um, set up a different defense to take away what they're playing, and then um, really play aggressive offense to give them the chance to knock them out of the game. And then every single game on the Sunday was very tight, very difficult. Leeds were super fast and super good at throwing. They just I think we that we had on our team, which was the main difference in that game. And then, yeah, Southampton were really, really good. They were so, f- uh, they were very physical, but I quite like that when I play. Um, and they really sort of took the game to us, which was a really, really fun game. Probably one of the best games of the weekend, that semi-final.
0: And then, as I said, Liverpool and, and yourselves, second and thirties going in, very close final as well, 8-6, two points in it. Uh, just what were Liverpool like? How, how are they to play against? Liverpool, I
1: think both the teams in the final were very, very even and Liverpool managed to get their noses in front quite early on with uh, we had a couple of throwaways and then Liverpool just didn't and I think that was really the difference in the final. Yeah, essentially we just threw threw away more than them and when they were on offence they didn't throw away, they were super patient, super smart with how they ran their game plan and just kept the disc and eventually put it in the end zone whereas there was two or three points where we tried to force it in a bit too early, and there was a turnover, and then that's what made the difference in the game, really.
0: So we've got, obviously, Mixed coming up uh, fairly soon. Uh, there's some good teams around. It looks like Sheffield and, and Leeds uh, and UCL and yourselves all, all placed pretty well in, in both men's and women's indoors. Uh, how do you think this sets everything up for Mixed?
1: Yeah, I think Mixed is probably going to be a completely different uh, set of results, and there's going to be some teams like you say Sheffield. I think had, if you took the average of the men's and the women's, probably the strongest performance across the two. Mm. So I think they're going to be really good coming to next UCL again. And um, their women are so strong, and their men were all really really solid this weekend. So I think they're going to have a good a good showing. Um, not sure how the Liverpool women did. I can't remember from the results, but their guys are obviously you know the champions, so they're going to come in with a lot of confidence. And uh, then from Scotland, us and St Andrews do really well. So I think it could be a really interesting, tightly fought tournament. So I'm looking forward to it. And it's going to be on 3G, which is good.
0: Oh, nice. So it's going to be a bit, of a bit of a bigger pitch as well, which uh, I imagine suits all the Scottish teams used to playing on that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, a slightly bigger pitch. And on the surface, we all sort of train and do our regionals and everything on.
0: All right. So fingers crossed for for, for you and for the rest of Strathclyde. I suppose that you can go on better at, uh, at mixing in a couple of weeks then.
1: Yeah, we'll do
0: our best for sure. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Nick. And uh, yeah, good luck in a couple of weeks and I'll speak to you soon.
1: Great. Thank you so much.
0: So thank you very much to Nick uh, to to lay the results out there, kind of nail it all down. Uh, As discussed, Liverpool beat Strathclyde in the final with St. Andrews beating surprise package, Southampton to the bronze medals. And the rest of the top eight were Sheffield, Oxford, Leeds and UCL. And as I did for Women's Division 1, I will point out that Sussex uh, finished in the plate position. They finished 9th, just ahead of Loughborough in 10th, Loughborough won. So we've talked about all four divisions there. There's a couple of storylines to take here, I think. The first thing is we have a couple of weeks before mixed indoors nationals, and Sheffield look very good going into that tournament. Their women are obviously national champions. Their men lost in sudden death to the eventual national champions, Liverpool. They gave them one of their closest games all weekend. So they have really good experience at the top of their roster on both their male and female sides. They have players who've played for Smog, uh, played for other top-level teams, have trained with top-level teams. They have a lot of depth across the board, and so they are going to be a really formidable opponent for anybody who's looking to make a mark at mixed nationals. I think you would have to say they are the favourites to go in and win the mixed indoor national title. However, Leeds look very good, uh, as do UCL. Both those teams make quarters in both men's and women's division one. So they've got a really good player base as well, and they have enough to really challenge Sheffield. And also it'll be interesting to see whether some of the other teams who have got the kind of top heavy rosters that you are probably seeing in University Ultimate. Now, because of the pandemic, you'll have a number of people who are experienced, who played at high level, who've been around here for a long time, and then there'll probably be some first years and second years who've barely played competitive ultimate, to be honest with you, because of the lack of university frisbee. You take away some of those first and second years who might make the bottom of roster in men's or in women's, and you take your top few players from each gender and put them together into a mixed team, perhaps you'll see some teams who came lower down in the single-gender tournaments uh, kind of performing really well in mixed. So we'll we'll see how that goes. It could very well be that uh, there's some kind of dark horses that we are not identifying, but uh, I would say that it looks as though Sheffield are going to be are going to be strong favourites going into that, uh, trying to win themselves more medals. And then there's plenty of teams, uh, like I say, Leeds, UCL, the Scottish teams uh, have also are also there. You know, there's plenty of teams that could also make it make a run here. So uh, let's see what happens in a couple of weeks. We'll have a little bit more of a preview of that coming up. And then second, there are a few teams that look well set up for future success. Uh, Southampton and Strathclyde both made semis in men's and also had second teams in Division 2 in men's, uh, while Birmingham also got a second team into men's Division 2. Uh, the Scottish women's looks in a pretty good place, again, with Glasgow, Edinburgh and St Andrews all getting second teams into Dib 2, although the Scottish teams that did 1 were all shut out of the top 10. Uh, as I say, we didn't see Edinburgh, unfortunately, after some COVID cases get them away, but the other teams that were there were all shut out of the top 10, uh, the, the highest placed Scottish team was 11th, so uh, potentially not a, a, as, as strong a year as we've seen at the top for the women's teams in Scotland, but the depth certainly looks to be there and certainly looks like it'll be there going forward. Uh, however, the one team really to talk about here is, as you may have guessed from listening to the recaps of the other divisions, uh, is Loughborough. Loughborough had first teams in both Division 1s, they finished 10th in both, and they had second teams in both Division 2s, finishing second in men's and eighth in women's. That is very very impressive strength and depth they've got a lot of players clearly who can play at the kind of level they're going to need when we get to outdoors because if you've got enough players to make up men's and women's teams that make you know that make nationals for two teams then i would say you're going to have a pretty strong pool of players to draw from when we get into a situation where you're going to need more like 12 to 14 to 16 players rather than the seven to eight you might need to play indoors so loughborough i think team to watch outdoors i know that they are uh, one of the few teams that seem to have grown during the pandemic they're getting loads of people training their club is really going from strength to strength and i look forward to seeing what they can do in the next few years especially with kind of a a resurgence with spice in in women's uh, ultimate in the midlands and, and fingers crossed despite the the seeming lack of a men's team with Emo potentially not going ahead this year. Uh, Fingers crossed there's some development opportunities for those players and they can continue playing and continue developing and uh, we can see a really strong Loughborough team in the next two or three years here. So that's the university side of things. Uh, Congratulations to Sheffield and to Liverpool, uh, most specifically, but then also congratulations to Cambridge and Warwick. Everyone's done a great job there and taking a, a medal Div one, div two, doesn't really matter. Taking home a a trophy is a a great result. So congratulations to those four teams and all those players. The final thing to talk about here today is the World Games Trials. So the World Games Trials are going ahead in Edinburgh tomorrow, or today, depending on when you're listening to it, this weekend. We obviously have ran the the team list, the people who are trying out uh, on the website. I think there's one person that wasn't in that final list, uh, so it's around 40, trying out in Scotland. Uh, which obviously means it's going to be an intensely competitive session. Obviously, the weather is not necessarily ideal. I think it's going to be a lot of rain, that seems to be the forecast, but it does not seem to be as windy as we experienced on Friday uh, across the country where it was 90 mile-an-hour winds in some parts of the country. It seems like it's going to be uh, gusty, a bit blowy, but certainly not completely terrible. Definitely playable is what it looks like. So, uh, that is good news because having to play such a high-level trial in such terrible conditions would be would be pretty bad. But it's uh, it's just going to be a thrower's wind, I would say. Uh, it means it'd be a bit of a battle for every yard, and I suppose it really means that it'll stand out between those who can throw and those who people who can kind of throw. Because at the top level, at the kind of level these these players are gonna have to be playing at, competing at, there's such a big difference between people who are good throwers and people who are good enough throwers. So uh, it's going to be it's really going to separate those people out i think can really show the strongest throwers uh, compared to the rest which considering if you look at the the squad of people that's trying out the 40 people that are trying out it's an interesting group because it seems to suggest that that lucy and sam who are running the team have at least or at least are considering the idea that they're going to have specialist handlers and have people who are there for their disc handling skills mainly, although there's plenty of people on there who are obviously great athletes as well, who are good defenders, good cutters, they can do everything, but they are if you were looking at if you were putting them down on paper, you would say that they are handlers. In previous world game cycles, both for Great Britain and for other teams, there's been a, a sense that you want to take a group of generalists, people who can do a bit of everything because there's so few roster spots. You don't want to bring somebody who's basically a specialist player who's not going to contribute in other areas of the squad. You can bring a handler, but if you bring that handler, are they helping you out deep? Can they play D? Are they going to be able to move around like you're going to need them to? Do they have the speed, the athleticism that, that the other players on the team have? It does seem as though Lucy and Sam are open to picking what you'd say is a more traditional frisbee team, where you have people who pick up the disc, you have your main handler set, you have some cutters. So it's the fact that they have a fairly diverse range of skills and abilities, and there are definitely some people in there that, that I would describe as specialists. I don't know whether they would describe themselves as specialists. I suppose we'd have to ask them, but uh, it's an interesting group of people that are going, and uh, the wind, I think, the conditions could very well help some of those people. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. And then I would say that the other thing to look at is there are a lot of people from the same clubs. So we have obviously a lot of smog players, a lot of clapping players, Iceni players. We talked about this at the at the time where uh, there's there's only about seven or eight clubs that are really heavily represented, but outside of those clubs, there are not a huge amount of really defined connections between the male fit matching players and the female matching players because a lot of the smog players that are going are they women. There's obviously Nick Williams is going from Smog, but mainly it's Smog women that are going. Obviously, there's a lot of men from Clapham, there's women from Iceni, and some of these players have played mixed before. We've talked about this as well. There's plenty of players who played. Mighty Hucks or GB Mixed or used to play for Black Eagles, for example, uh, or Reading. There's, there's plenty of people who are there who have played Mixed, but there are not a huge amount of players there who have really long-standing established connections with players of another gender, and those kind of connections, that kind of cohesion, can really help drag you through in really rough, windy, wet conditions, which is what we're expecting to be the conditions in Scotland this weekend. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how people do despite despite that. We're gonna try and talk to some people next week, find out how those trials went, how everyone uh, felt about them, and if you do have any thoughts on uh, people that you think are, are locks to make the team or people you think are those to keep an eye on, drop us a line, let us know. Um, always interested to to hear perspectives on things like that. But that's, that's World Games. As I said on Instagram, earlier to today or this week really we are going to be starting the voting for play of the year soon if you didn't see the bracket you can check that out I think it'll be on the send it channel uh, we can get a link on on the instagram page for that uh, we'll also be uploading the brackets to uh, our insta page put them on the website and I'll be putting out votes with videos of the plays uh, and then you can choose between them on instagram in the coming days so keep an eye out for that join in with the voting and let's select what the best play uh, from british and irish teams was in 2021 the final thing to note is that next week i'll be traveling to valencia to play sabat and mixta this was a tournament that was supposed to be a warm-up for beach worlds in april beach worlds obviously cancelled as we discussed last week so now sabat mixta is kind of the pinnacle of where the mixed masters team that i'm playing with uh gb mixed and there's also france mixed i think germany mixed they're going here as well It's the pinnacle of where we're going on this kind of like journey as a team, to use a horribly corporate term. So uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be nice to be in the south of Spain. I think the weather's gonna be a little bit different to what we've experienced over the last 48 hours or so in sunny London. So uh, I look forward to that. I'll try and get some stuff sorted for you all ahead of time, but there may well be a dispatch from abroad to listen to at some stage as well. So uh, you can all look forward to hearing me talk about how nice it was eating tapas and drinking wine Uh, but until next time thank you all for listening and i will speak to you soon